thank you again for joining us for Bible study. I must admit I enjoy talking with you. There's something about studying the Word of God together. It just brings so much joy to my heart. When people know the Word of God, it changes their lives. We have been studying the Bible from the beginning. Our goal is to study the entire Bible. We started out from the book of Genesis. And we've been following books after books after books. Now we're in the book of Haggai. Some people call it Haggai. That's what we're going to talk about today. I got some good news before we go on. Guess what? <laughs> the book is only two chapters. <laughs> you know that's good news. So Bible study is going to be short today. I'm sure you say, who? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I know you. But there's a lot that we can learn from the book of Haggai. So what can we learn from only two chapters? Well, let me start out by reminding you that there are many prophets that God has sent to Israel. And all those prophets, they have a similar message, every one of them. Basically, God sent them to warn the people of Israel and to remind them that they are breaking their covenant with God. God sent these prophets to remind the people that not only are they breaking covenant, they are allowing mistreatment of the poor, social injustice, and all kinds of craziness was going on. Well, why are we talking about it? Amazingly, we're dealing with the same problem right now. In our world today, we see people mistreating one another. We see our society is full of crimes, people shooting at each other, young people living as if there is no tomorrow, young people roaming the street, the jailhouse is getting younger and younger. It used to be old folks that goes to jail. Now you are seeing all kinds of young people. There's a moral decadence in our world today, just like it used to be in the life of the Israelites. And that's why God sent those prophets to warn Israel, to encourage them to repent and change their ways. Well, may I add that maybe for such a time like this, God has sent me to you and to even my own self that we all should change and do better and live righteously and live holy and begin to treat one another with love and with respect and stop killing one another and stop hating one another and stop just being hateful, you know? So God is trying to do a new thing in your life and in my life also. 
these prophets will also warn Israel that if you don't repent, if you don't change your ways, there's something called the judgment of Almighty God. The same thing is true today. I don't mind telling you, I've had to deal with God's judgment in my own life. It's not funny. When you sin, sin does have consequence. I know that. <laughs> Been there, done that, got me a t-shirt. If I were to preach to you today, I would encourage you, stay away from sin. It's not profitable. I'm speaking to you from personal experience. Sin always leads to judgment of God. Sin comes with consequence. And that is why the enemies of Israel are able to attack them and defeat them and conquer them because of their sins. Enemies like the Philistine. Enemies like the Babylonians. At this particular time, the Babylonians were used by God to correct God's own children, the Israelites. You may not believe this, but God does the same thing for you and me. When you will not act right, when you know what is right and you choose to do wrong thing, God, out of his love, the Bible says, whom he loved, he chastised. God will step in to make sure he do cause correction. So the Babylonians came and conquered Israel and destroyed their temple and take bunch of them into exile. You know why I'm telling you all of this? That is the pattern with every prophet, prophet after prophet. It's always a structure to their, to their ministry. First, they will accuse Israel. This is what you're doing wrong. Stop it. Second, they will warn Israel. Repent. If you don't repent, the judgment of God will come. Third, Israel will refuse to repent, and sure enough, judgment will come. Their enemy will feed them and conquer them. And the last part of every prophetic message is always there is hope that God will forgive his people and redeem them back to himself. The same thing is true for you and me. So if you are on the wrong path today, if you have become a slave to sin, I have not come to, to judge you or to condemn you. I've come to give you hope. And that hope is in God. God is waiting for you and me, like prodigal son, to return back to him and repent of our sins. And guess what he does? Because he loved us so much. Because you and me, we are the apple of his eyes. He will forgive us and give us another chance. I can relate to that. 
I'm here today because he gave me another chance. So, the people of Israel, 70 years, they were in Babylon as slaves. They've lost everything. Their home has been run down. Their temple has been destroyed. Now they're slaves in a foreign land. Guess what happened? Through the providence of God, their conqueror, the Babylonians, their own government begins to get weak. The Babylonian Empire began to collapse. And then another enemy came and conquered Babylon also. Did you see the pattern? Babylon conquered Israel. Now the Persian came and conquered Babylon. So in a nutshell, the Persians are now the world power. It's amazing how human history is so similar. Do you know there was a time when the British run the whole world, just about a little small country, they dominated the whole world. They run America, they run China, they run India, they run Africa. But guess what? After a while, their empire lost all those influence. Now it looked like USA, America, your country, my country, we're probably the leading country in the whole world. Where if we're not careful, we, we might fall into the same trap. It used to be the Roman Empire dominated the world. Not today. <laughs> so one generation come, another one come, uh, come after them. So there's a new sheriff in town called the Prussians. Now, you will not believe what this new sheriff did. I'm just using that for illustration. The new power, world power, the Persians told everybody that is slave, you can stay if you want to, but you're free to go home. Wow. Sounds like Black History Month. <laughs> Amalgamation proclamation. You remember how Abraham Lincoln just showed up and after so much pressure, just freed the slaves. That's exactly what happened to the people of Israel. The Persian says, okay, you've been slave for 70 years now. If you want, you can continue to stay here or you can go home. The same thing happened to blacks in America. Many of them stayed in America, and some of them did go back to Africa. There's a country called Liberia in Africa today is full of black Americans, basically. These are people that say, look, we're going back to Africa. What am I trying to tell you? There's so much similarity about what happened back then in the Bible and what is going on in our lives today. So the people of God came back. Everybody is hopeful. Everybody is excited. So they returned back home. 
they were led by two preachers. I can stop them preach. Because if our community is going to be revived again, God is looking for some preachers to take the lead. They were led, the Israelites were led by Zerubbabel and Joshua. By the way, don't get confused by the name Joshua. It's not me. <laughs> the guy just had the same name like I do. So the priest, back then, two priests. One is named Joshua and one is named Zerubbabel. During the days of prophet Haggai. These were the two preachers that led the people from captivity back to their home. I can stop there and tell you about the importance of the role of a preacher in people's life. Sheep don't lead themselves. Sheep are led by shepherds. And I just pray that God will, will send you a good pastor, a good shepherd, that will lead and help you to find dream pastor. You really want to know what I do for living as a pastor? My job is to lead you into the presence of God and get out of the way so you and your family can have a direct encounter with Almighty God. I am not God. I'm just his son, his servant, who has, who has been sent to this region to watch for your soul. And I consider it a privilege to be able to say, follow me as I follow Christ. I believe with all my heart that this God we serve, this Jesus we call our Savior, our Lord, is the real deal. If it were not so, I won't be sitting here talking to you this evening. I checked him out myself. I tried him for myself. He, he fed me. He clothed me. He healed me. He watered my lungs and sugar my tea. You know what I discovered? <laughs> He's the real deal. If you don't know him, let me encourage you. Invite him to come into your heart. Surrender your life unto him. And believe me, you will never regret your decision. These precious people were led by the preacher back home. Now they got home full of hope, full of aspiration, everybody excited about a new beginning. And God raised up a prophet by the name Haggai to speak to them. Now you see how we got to the prophecy of Haggai. Now believe it or not, what Haggai preached about lasted only four months. That's how short his sermon is. And there are four sections. Four months, four sections. So the first month, the first section, 
God raised him up and he accused the people who just returned from slavery, who just returned from exile. Guess what he, he was fussing about? He said they all got back and they all are busy building their own homes. But they ignore the house of God. The temple was left in ruin and each family was doing their own thing, each family building their own home. And Haggai was furious about it. You know, you might be saying, so what's the big deal? It's a question of priority. What is more important to you? Can I tell you a little secret? I'm sure my wife is probably watching this. She can testify that what I'm telling you now is really true. My wife and I got married on the last day of the year, December 31. In my city or my town where we came from in Africa, December 31 in Africa, everybody is in church. Some churches do it here. You call it watch night service. And that's the day that I got married. We got married during the daytime. And usually in that culture, uh, after the wedding, you stayed at home. And then uh, towards the evening, then your wife uh, comes in or something to that effect. Where well, that's the tradition. Guess where I was? in the church, leading the choir, playing the guitar, playing the piano, directing the watch night. Everybody say, are you nuts? Don't you know you just got a, a beautiful wife, a brand new wife? You're supposed to be home for honeymoon and all this thing. But guess what? My priority is serving God. The message of Haggai to the people is there. What is your priority? Where is your priority? Here you are, you're building your own houses. You're remodeling your own homes. But the house of God, the church, the temple, is all torn down. It's all in ruin. He's challenging them. You need to change your ways. And I will submit to you that message is still relevant to many of us today. Why is it that on the weekend, when everybody is going to church, that's when you go fishing? Why is it that you have time to do everything, but when it's time to serve God, you say you're too busy? Why is it that you always make excuses? For why you're not praying? When was the last time you take your Bible and read the Bible just to hear from God? You know why you're not doing it? Because that's not a priority in your life. One scripture put it this way. I believe it's Matthew chapter, chapter 6 verse 33. It said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of its righteousness. 
Then the Bible says all these other stuff, all these other things that you're running and chasing, it will be added unto you. Can I be honest with you? Let's keep it 100. I believe with all my heart that the reason why God is blessing me is because I make him my priority. My wife knows it. My children knows it. Even the devil knows that God is number one in my life. Everything else comes secondary. My friend, if you will make God your priority, he will bless your socks up. He will make you his priority. Hallelujah. I wish I can testify. Hagar challenged the people. Don't ignore your commitment to God while you're busy fixing your own house. Then he told them, he said, because your priority is messed up, that's why the land you're living is not productive. That's why you work, 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 you have nothing to show for it. It's just like you're dropping your money in a leaking bucket. That's exactly my message to you. Your priority, your decision to make God your priority is the number one key to your prosperity. Everybody has got 24 hours. But what you're going to do with it is your choice. Hagar told the people, you want to know why there's farming in your land? You want to know why you're planting uh, produce and crops and they're not growing? It's because your priority is mixed up. Now, the good news, ladies and gentlemen, is that the people listen to Prophet Hagar. They say, hmm, that Negro is right. <laughs> you know, one of the greatest joy in ministry for me is when I would just go to town, I'm minding my own business, and somebody would pull me to the side and say, Pastor, you may not know me, but you said this on TV, or I heard your radio, and it changed my life. Some of you, you've been hearing the gospel, not just from me, from various sources, from preachers, from spiritual leaders. The question is, when are you going to respond to the word of God? I hate to tell you this, God will hold you and me accountable for every word that we have heard in our lives. Obedience is better than sacrifice. The people of Israel, they repented. And guess what they did? They began to build the house of God. They reversed their priority. They make God their number one priority. So now that brings us to the second section 
of the book of Haggai, the second month. Guess what happened? Haggai noticed that now, although the people are building the temple, their morale is down. You know why their morale is down? It's because the temple that they're not building because they are limited resources. They don't have as much money as they used to have. They don't have a lot of things. So the new temple they're building is not as good looking as the temple of King Solomon that they're used to, that was destroyed. I'm sure you may not know about King Solomon, but King Solomon was so rich and so lavish. So the temple that Solomon built was like some magnificent church building. I mean, it was so awesome. People travel from other nations just to come and check it out. Well, this, these people who just came out of slavery, who just came out of exile, they are demoralized that although they are now trying to build the temple, but they are not able to build it as good as it used to be. Again, God raised up Haggai to minister to them, to say, look, don't worry about it. It's the motive of your heart. And let me seize this opportunity to preach to somebody. Maybe you used to have a big car, but life threw your curveball. Now you, you're driving a little car. Maybe you used to have, live in a big home. Maybe you used to be happily married. You got it going on. And now you could barely survive. Maybe you used to have a very good job. The money was never your problem. But life take a turn on you. And now you don't have all the resources. You cannot go to fancy restaurant like you used to. You cannot buy fancy clothes like you used to. Maybe now you have more children and your, your spouse is not there to assist you. But I can tell you, my brother, my sister, number one, trouble don't last always. Hallelujah. I feel like shouting already. Will you believe, let me testify, will you believe I used to live in Texas, Fort Worth, Texas? Specifically, the little town I was living is called Everman. Check it out. My wife and my children, we had a house there. We have a home. Well, trouble time came. And I couldn't keep up with my payments. Lost my job. I was busy in school. My wife was not working because she's helping me with the children. It was rough time. And guess what happened? We lost the house. It was painful. Now we had to move into an apartment. We had to struggle. And our morale was down. But I remember how I always talked to my children. And I always talked to my wife. Just from the book of Haggai that I'm preaching to you now. 
And I would tell them, hold your head up. Better days ahead. I would tell them, if God could help us to buy this house, I would say, baby, I'll buy you a bigger house. <laughs> and that's exactly what has happened to us. I say this with utmost humility. Believe it or not, I, we now live in a six-bedroom house. We lost a two-bedroom house. Are you listening to me? I don't know what you're going through, but I'm here to tell you, your God knows exactly what you're going through. And your God has got your back. And it may look like you're down right now. It may look like things are not as good as it used to be. Just hang in there. I'm telling you, child. <laughs> this, the sun is going to shine again. You will have it back plus more. In fact, I hope I don't get in trouble by telling you this. Now, I don't just have a home or a bigger home. I have many houses. Are you listening to me? That's what God can do for you. He loves you. He can turn things around. He did it for me. He would do it for you. Hagar was encouraging the people of Israel. Don't be discouraged. What matters is the presence of God. It's not the size of the building. It's not the fanciness of the building. Even though this is a small temple, at least we have a place to worship God. God knows our motive. Then that leads us to the third section of the book of Agar. Here, human beings, just like we're all very much similar. Now they're back to their old self, committing sin, doing crazy stuff, come to church every now and then, acting a fool. They'd rather go to a nightclub than to serve God. Uh, fasting is not a priority anymore. Prayer is not a priority anymore. So Haggai again rise up that third man to preach to every one of them. And to remind people the need for true holiness. Don't just say you're a Christian, but you don't pray. Don't just say you're a Christian, but you don't study the word of God. Don't just say you're a Christian, you don't go to church. Don't just say you're a Christian, but your heart is not right. Hagar began to share with them. He told them a parable. I like this brother, by the way. It's a smart preacher. He said to them, you all are Jews. You know the rule. What happened if a Jewish man touched a dead body? What happens to that person? Oh, they responded to him. They said, that means that person is defiled. In other words, is 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 messed up uh, religiously. He's contaminated. Then he took it further. He said, "Okay, you all got the answer right. 
then what happens if that person who touched a dead body go and touch another human being? And then they respond to him. They say, that means that human being also is now contaminated. In fact, everything that that person touched is contaminated. So here guys say, well, your answer right. But that's exactly what has happened to every one of you. You see, sin it's like touching a dead body. And you all are right. It does contaminate. It does defile your body. And then when you use that contaminated body and you touch something, and you touch your business, you touch your children, everything you touch is also contaminated. That's deep. That's profound. You know what he's trying to tell the people? And I believe the Holy Spirit is telling you and me the same thing. He is trying to let them know, look, if you are living in sin, if your heart is not right towards God, if God is not your priority, everything you lay your hand on will not prosper. You become contaminated, you become defiled, and everything else you touch, your job, your business, you're trying to save money, it won't work. You're trying to invest in the market, you're wasting your time. Because you are called out to be God's children. You have to answer to the call of God on your life. You're not made, you're not a party animal, you're not made to be out there and just getting drunk and acting crazy and committing crime and all this stuff. No, that's not you. You are peculiar. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are somebody called by God's name. And until you get back to what he called you to be, it will be a struggle. That leads us to the last part of the book, the fourth month, the fourth, sec fourth section. Hey, guys, say, but there's good news. That's one thing I love about the prophets of Israel. They always start out hard. They are blunt. They will tell you what you're doing wrong, but they always end with some good news. And what he's saying is that, look, folks, if we will repent, God is loving, God is forgiving, and God will redeem. I believe that message is true for you and me today. There's hope for you, my brother. There is hope for you, my sister. There is hope for your children, my children, your children. There's hope for your finance, my finance. There's hope for your health and my health. There is hope for your family and my family. There is hope for your marriage and my marriage. There's hope for your church and my church. There's hope for 
every dream that God has given in your heart. That's what this book is all about. I love a book that ends on a positive note. And that's what makes the book of Haggai very special. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're working with. But I do know one thing. If you will turn back to God and make him your priority, if you would just walk in love and remove hatred, that depression will go away. That headache will leave you alone. That problem that is making you stay up at night will melt away. God wants to heal you and change your circumstance and change your condition and turn your situation around. That's my prayer for you also. He did it for me. <laughs> I know he can do it for you. Thank you for joining me this evening. Now, if you need prayer, there's a number under the screen. There are ministers of the gospel on the other end of that phone. If you would just have the courage to pick the, your phone and dial that number and say, will somebody just pray with me? I am so convinced that God will hear your prayer and that God will heal your circumstance and heal your situation and and, and turn things around and bless your life and bless your children and bless your home. And things that the devil had meant for evil, God would turn it around for your good. Thank you for listening today. I hope to see you again next week. God bless you.